Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 147 of your favourite Formula 1 show. We're back once again to discuss the antics from the Las Vegas Grand Prix, the highs, the lows and everything in between. I'm joined, as always, by Elvis Costello. How are we doing, my guy? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. I hope if you don't know who Elvis Costello is, give him a Google and look for a young photo of him and you might see why it's a previous nickname of mine along with Fabio Capello another previous nickname of mine <laughs> I can't wait for something between us recording this episode and this episode going out for some horrendously incriminating evidence to come out against Elvis Costello now yeah um, <laughs> but yeah hopefully yeah. everyone had a good weekend Jamie did you get up to anything exciting between the Formula 1 uh, not really well I was at work for a lot of time on Sunday, but I did get to watch the race, so that was a that was a treat because that was quite a rarity. So yeah, up at six a.m. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. So I, I had the luxury of taking a trip to IKEA on Saturday, and I oh. bought exactly nothing. Those um, are the worst. I I can't stand IKEA. Not gonna lie. Yeah, no, I don't really get it to be honest. I don't get what all the <laughs> hype is about. Um, the let us know good, your thoughts the, and feelings. The furniture, not not so much. Exactly, yeah. Let us know your thoughts and feelings on IKEA down in the comments below. But of course, quickly as well, uh, before we dive into the Las Vegas GP antics, um, just another quick reminder from Jamie and myself. Uh, we've got about six episodes left of Knowing Wheel on this channel, but it is not going anywhere. Well, it, it is going somewhere. It is. It's going on its own <laughs> channel. Um, there'll be a link down in the description below. If you're watching this on my main channel, go get yourself subbed to the Knowing Wheel channel. We are agonisingly close uh, to 300 subscribers over there uh, and I'm going to be trying to obviously put a few more little bits and pieces out in the new year as well obviously once we've got that channel uh, fully up and running but yeah make sure you drop us a sub uh, in fact most of these videos actually go live earlier on there than they do here on my main channel as well and of course as always a massive thank you to both our Spotify and our Apple podcast listeners but Jamie we went into the Las Vegas Grand Prix then we had a bit of a break week before this one uh, and immediately there was drama, wasn't there? Yes, and we had all the the fanfare of the or opening ceremony and all all that rubbish in on Wednesday night um, in in American time, obviously Thursday morning over here. But uh, yeah, as soon as we got to some track action, it was over very quickly because uh, yeah, Carlos Sainz, his hopes went down the drain along with most of his car. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that was. Uh, that was a very short end of practice for the whole day. Uh, and given that, you know, the, the local time, it kicked off at 10 p.m., I think it was. Basically, the the, the practice two got pushed back beyond the 2 a.m. curfew for... Was it the workers? Or some some reason they weren't allowed to have fans. Yeah, be like because it's America, everyone is unionised. Yeah. Not not so that knowing knowing we'll better go on the record and just say we're not against working unions and we believe that workers <laughs> should be paid fairly and deserve their rights. Um Correct. but everyone was unionized, so no no one was willing to stay there. Yeah. Apart from the so fans. Basically meant that no fans were allowed to stay because all the workers had to go home, which is rightly so. What should have they done is fix the drains before the session. Um but it basically meant science had to replace all his parts. And wasn't allowed dispensation, which I understand. The, the, bad, the car's parts, happened. we should specify, not his yeah, own parts. Not his own parts. He wasn't going to the plastic surgeon. Um, and then all of free practice one was done. It was dead in the water. And practice two was 
pushed back, so there were no fans. So if you're a paying fan of Las Vegas, for which the minimum ticket was well over a thousand dollars, I believe. Um, I believe it got all the way down to two hundred, close to the Grand Prix. Oh really? Well, for a long yeah. time it was well over a grand. Uh, you saw a total of nine minutes of track time on on Thursday night, Friday morning in the UK, and that was it. And your compensation was a little two hundred dollar ticket to spend at the f1 store uh which to be fair i'd have taken if i was there because practice well there's a caveat to that it was the f1 las vegas store oh you can only buy vegas merch it it wasn't you could only buy vegas merch um but no word of like everything was double the price uh so i believe the only things you could buy was like a hat and a vest great so you couldn't even get like a nice raincoat or something no no, they were like four, five hundred dollars. That is a real shame. But yeah, I mean, in previous Grand Prix I've been to, practice day is always the deadest by a long way. So, if I yeah. like, obviously, if you're a new fan, you want to see his track time as much as you can. But I've even I've missed a Friday once when I went to a Grand Prix just because I didn't want to watch practice. So, I think I did all three races I went to this year. Wow. That's nice for some. I've not even been to a race. No, I, I didn't at Belgium. I didn't at Belgium because it was sprint quality that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, it, a shame for the fans. But I, I have sympathy for the organisation and the track organisers because they were stuck in a very difficult situation once it happened. What they should have done is fix the problem prior to it becoming a problem. Well, exactly. It's not like this is a problem that's only ever happened in Vegas. You know, it happens on pretty much every street circuit. Yeah. Uh, and obviously other tracks as well. Roman Grosjean, obviously famously in Malaysia. A few, I think it was mm-hmm. the final Malaysian Grand Prix, 2017. wasn't it? 2017. Mm. Um, Rubens Barrichello, 2010. 2010, at Monaco. Monaco. Yeah. He threw a steering wheel um, out and he got collected. He did. Uh, 250 grand steering wheel gone in an yeah. instant. It was eaten um, by a HRT. It was. Uh, it just, yeah. It was. It was certainly a bit of a nightmare start to what was meant to kind of be like this hugely anticipated weekend, wasn't it? Um, it was. It was really not what Formula One wanted. But that being said, far better having it then than say on Sunday. But yeah, I completely understand. Obviously, for a lot of people that say you are either already in Vegas or could only afford to go to Friday, not a great introduction if it's your first no. Formula One weekend. Um, but, you know, as well, obviously, we, we obviously had all this controversy surrounding Carlos Sainz, obviously not being allowed to repair the cart now. Again, very, very harsh that he had to take penalties for that, because, of course, nothing he could do about that. It was the track um, that broke his car, not vice versa. Um, but, of course, to counterbalance that, the FIA, or the on-site stewards, can't make that decision. It's not within mm. their power, so they kind of can't really say anything about that. Um, yeah. They just have to abide by the rules they're given. You would have to go and to I, higher I do council, understand which it. take too long. I do understand it, because like in so in Zandvoort, for instance, when it started bucketing it down, and they before they could throw the red flag or the safety car, cars were act-plailing off. That's nothing that a driver can do to stop themselves act-plailing. But it happens. It's kind of a similar situation to that. You're just thinking of Joe, aren't you? I am, yes. <laughs> so it's out of his, it's out of the driver's control, but it's still part of the sport. It's part of the game you play. So, yeah, I feel, I do feel for science, and it screwed my predictions. I uh, just want to get that out there nice and early. And 
yeah, was a, a shame for him um, for the rest of the weekend. But had a 10 place grid penalty because of changing all the parts on his car. So unlucky, but these things happen. They certainly, certainly do, of course. You know, the other big talking point throughout the early part of the weekend, wasn't it, was safe to say Max Verstappen was a fan of the idea around <laughs> the Las Vegas Grand Prix, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. Very, very critical of the show, yes. wasn't he? Yeah, 99% um, show, 1% race, wasn't it? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's a really, really difficult one, isn't it? Because, you know, we've been Formula 1 fans for a very long time, We've kind of seen this transition over the last few years between obviously the sport becoming leaning more and more towards the show as well. Um, and I think it has to do in a way, to be fair. To a certain point, I think. Uh, you know, we've certainly crossed that line on more than one occasion. Looks at Abu Dhabi 2021. <laughs> um, Got to get that in there. Yeah. But it goes, <laughs> you know, it has been that difficult thing. However, what I can also accept is, you know, when Max says, you know, we want to be back at the other, you know, the Belgians and the, you know, the Silversons, that kind of thing. Belgium is not often a profitable race anymore. Or no. very, very tight margins. I am happy to accept we have a Las Vegas if it means we have a Belgium. I'd rather have both than neither <laughs> sort of thing. That what I can I do wonder, accept. And we'll sure we'll talk about this later. But what's the point of Miami now? Uh, uh, that was going to be one of the points <laughs> at the end of the show. Um, okay, we'll get back to it. <laughs> we, yeah, we'll go to that towards the end of the episode. But yeah, it's just... I get where Max is coming from, but there's also part of me that's kind of there. At the end of the day, yes, obviously you're a sportsman first, but kind of part of your job role now is to be a bit of an entertainer as well, mm. isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And that's the same in every sport like some of them tread the line of show more than others like boxing for instance is probably more of a show than football but in all these sports i would argue the opposite the way those footballers roll around acting mm, no football hurts sometimes you know <laughs> occasionally uh but like you know all the build-up to the big fights and all that in boxing it's completely leading oh, yeah. into the idea of being a show whereas yeah like you could argue football doesn't do as much and you could argue rugby does it even less for instance so well, rugby just doesn't do it. Yeah, it doesn't bother at all. <laughs> but I, I do think Formula One is making a transition to be, just be more accessible and more viewed because we saw, you know, arguably back in Bernie's era, they weren't trying to be a show at all, but the, the numbers yeah. were declining. So he couldn't care less, could he? Um, yeah. Speaking of Bernie, have you watched the Braun GP documentary, Jamie? No, I don't have Disney Plus. Oh, so, it's fantastic. It's curtains. It's absolutely fantastic. I'll, I'll Discord mirror it. No, we can't say that. No, we can't say um, that. Back off, police. <laughs> we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk after the show, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was very, very interesting hearing from Bernie then. So happy we don't have him in the sport because he's an absolute menace. Um, but yeah, the, the less we see of Bernie, the better. And of course, still love Martin Brundle roasting him in Brazil a couple of weeks ago. But anyway, we move into qualifying, Jamie. We did get a 90-minute free practice session on friday night uh before qualifying which meant of course you know it gave people a little bit of a chance to watch a bit more on track if they were only showing up for friday and saturday um but as we moved into qualifying of course all the big talk going into the weekend was about the tire temperatures um and he like we said he threw some questions up in the air about certain drivers and you know certain teams maybe doing better or maybe doing worse hampered mclaren horrendously didn't it mm. Yeah, they were back to uh, pre-season Miami. McLaren, weren't they? Miami McLaren. So both cars out in Q1, 
which was not a for good for the look first time since Miami when I when I predicted Norris to win the race, he was in sixteenth. So he was optimistic. <laughs> yeah, not 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 my finest hour last week, but um, yeah, it was an interesting Q one for sure. And that yeah, just uh, there was a bit of controversy as well with Esteban Ocon also going out uh, because. Yeah, Max and Ocon have got this weird rivalry. I don't know how they cross paths so often, but well, it's not only yeah. uh, Ocon that he's done it to, is it? It's mostly Ocon. It's happened a few times, hasn't it? Where they he's still trying to get back yeah. for taking him out in Brazil, twenty eighteen, isn't he? So five years ago, yeah. Um, yeah Hamilton as well. Ago. I remember he's he's done it to him at least once. This year oh, was that Austria, I think. I yeah, remember. Austria as well. He did. Um, yeah. But basically, for those of you that don't know or missed it, Max basically dive bombed Ocon at the start of their final runs in Q in Q one. Now, of course, Ocon has got no obligation to jump out of the way because Max is in a quicker car because they're both on a lap. Yeah. Uh, but the reason Max did it was I don't know if you've seen the footage down the end of the strip. He basically was trying to keep five cars at bay. Bear in mind, time was very, very limited on the yeah. clock. And, of course, everyone's trying to get on a final run. Max wanted as much space as he could to himself. Ocon got through. So then, basically, Max went in hot pursuit <laughs> of going, well, if I'm going to start my lap behind you, neither of us are finishing it. <laughs> I love it. It's it's the absolute housery that I love from Max Verstappen. <laughs> How it's not penalised, I will never understand. Well, yeah, it's all about like this kind of thing. I know Alonso talks about gentlemen's agreement quite a lot. Where if you're trying to make space, the 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 courteous thing to do is to let the driver ahead of you get space. That doesn't really work when it's time. When there's twenty so seconds fast, left yeah. and the car in front is just dawdling around trying to keep everyone behind. So you know, there's an element yeah. of give each other space, yes, but there's also an element of you can't try and build up a twenty second gap to the car in front of you. Other cars need to it, go. Yeah. So yeah. it cost Ocon, it didn't cost Max a thing. So quite funny in my opinion as a as a Max fan and a non Ocon fan. <laughs> well, I think he was lucky, but, yeah. you know, he, he picks his battles wisely because let's be fair Ocon is not exactly a fan favorite uh, by any no. stretch of the imagination, at least unless you're French. Um but you know, again you you mentioned obviously about that gentleman's agreement. I I think if you're going to rank the drivers, Max is not exactly someone you put high on the list of gentlemen in Definitely Formula not. 1, would you either? Uh, no, very prob- much probably interested three, in just himself. <laughs> yeah. What did you see in Brazil as well? Uh, they did an interview with Christian Horner, um, talking about obviously how he's a no. team sport, um, and you know obviously Checo still. Obviously, this was pre-Brazilian Grand Prix, and you know I think it was David Coulthard asked him. He was like, you know, between zero and a hundred. Obviously, Max has got the championship wrapped up. You have got the constructors wrapped up. He can now <laughs> I, help I Checo out. Yeah. <laughs> He said, "If he can now help Checo out on a scale of zero to a hundred, how much is he likely to help Checo out?" As in helping Christian out, Horner he, went, the actual question was, "Give him a win." Give him a win, yeah, or just assist him, wasn't it? Was yeah. the nature? And he said, "One." Somewhere which between zero and one. You need to know. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I, I get that. That's good from a driver. Like, what giving away a win is insane. Giving away so. a win, yeah, is slightly different. I accept that, but so helping yeah. your teammate out. Yeah, and Max, he tried to help out in, in this race, but we'll get on to that. Yeah, uh, yeah Q2, speaking of Sergio Perez, was not a good time for him in uh, in second quality. Or Lewis Hamilton, the two protagonists for this big monumental P2 battle, which has kind of fizzled out over the last few weeks. already dead, yeah, because um, of Brazil. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're both out in Q2. They, they misjudged 
the the cutoff, didn't didn't do a second run, and were caught out very very close pace wise between everyone really. So the two Williams got through. I think Gasly knocked uh, them down as well as uh, Magnussen was it? I think or Bottas maybe both of them. Bottas and Magnussen. Um, yeah. So yeah, Perez and Hamilton both out in Q two in 11th and 12th which was quite something um and the rest of the drivers fairly expected to be honest um but it's logan Sargent back in his home country similar to kota and he puts in a solid performance in q3 so fair play yeah it was really it was a really <laughs> good start to the weekend from logan Sargent. i was very impressed um and yeah obviously you know it was kind of one of those things isn't it where obviously the whole field now is so tightly bunched and you go, oh, well, there's like two seconds covering pole to the back of the grid. That's nothing by Formula mm. 1 standards. Um, it kind of means, obviously, when you get these tracks that have got these extremities, like, I don't know, a huge two miles straight or however long it was, it does mean that those gaps between, say, a front-running car and a car that has, say, next to no downforce, like a Williams, it does mean you have to think a bit more about those other cars. And I think it was both Checo and Lewis were four tenths under the predicted cutoff point. But of course, mm. yeah, they just didn't think those other cars would be as quick as they were. Yeah, it cost them both out in Q2. So, uh, yeah, into Q3, which was the only session I watched live. So I feel more qualified to talk about this one. <laughs> um yeah, first runs, and it's a Ferrari 1-2. Was it 1-2 or 1-3? 1-2. Certainly, yeah. Ferrari are back. Very, very fast. And Leclerc had four tenths on the rest of the field after one run, which is insanity. So, yeah, that was uh, looking good for him. And second runs, and when it comes across the first sector line, Max Verstappen is two tenths down on himself on his first runs. So it looks like that's that with obviously Science's penalty and Verstappen being the only real driver with a chance of getting close to Leclerc's first lap. It was it. It was a little bit anticlimactic in my opinion, but Leclerc secured the pole position, went a little bit faster on his th- second run. Uh, Science actually got very close to beating him, but obviously was a null point anyway. Um, and yeah, George Russell completing the top four, with which would become third with the penalty. So it was an interesting Q3. Uh, also, a lot of the midfield drivers having a turn in fifth place, with Gasly, Albon, and Sargent all like in reverse order going fifth briefly, uh, with Bottas, Magnussen, and Fernando Alonso just didn't really seem to fancy. No, it messed Q3. up both his runs yeah. in the unfortunately for him. But yeah, I think Russell there obviously only eight thousandths away from Verstappen at the end of his Q3 run, so that could have been really ideal for Ferrari early on had Russell been able to get between Max and their car, because of course we all know what George Russell and Max Verstappen could be like wheel to wheel, (laughs) as we would find out yet again. Um, But yeah, obviously, with Sainz's penalty, it kind of almost might have been a bit of a blessing for Ferrari, because it meant they didn't have to try and navigate both cars at the start, but of course it also meant they really had no rear gunner to Mm. Verstappen, didn't it? And of course, as we get into Grand Prix Saturday, it all kicks off at Turn 1, doesn't it? It does, and there's absolutely no grip for anyone because obviously the track's freezing cold. Uh, but Verstappen doesn't care; he's going to send it anyway. And regardless of where the white lines are and the corner goes, he's going to get his nose ahead and then drive off the track, <laughs> which he didn't manage to do here. No, he did. He, was, he was ahead. He, no, was he ahead. never was ahead. He never Look got ahead. 
I, I, I have looked at it many times over. He's not ahead until they're both off the track. Because I, I think, think Charles there was very, very clever with it. And I think Charles came off the brake because he knew he was being forced wide. So he knew that he'd still be the car in front. And therefore the car behind pushed him off. I disagree. I'm gonna. I'm getting the highlights up. Carry on. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, no, so Verstappen, of course, does, does a max Verstappen. Um, but this time round, rather staggeringly actually gets a five-second penalty for it, which I don't think any of us saw coming, because, of course, it's basically what he's been doing since 2021 and getting away <laughs> from it. Um, but Alonso, as well, very, very unlike Alonso, I kind of got the vibe that he was like, right, Sergeant's in front of me, I don't want him to be in front of me for very long. So he went across the track to get to the inside for turn one, broke probably where you would on the outside, <laughs> and, which was too late. And on a track with no grip, and basically just completely locked the rears into turn one, and that meant Bottas, who had been having fantastic pace all weekend, um, were getting over. absolutely screwed over. Sainz then would also hit Lewis, uh, and then I think Perez would run into the back of Bottas, wouldn't he? Who, of course, was yes. n- nose to nose um, with uh, Fernando, uh, yeah. so Perez would need a new nose as well, um, which, of course, yeah, would create a lot of drama at the start, and then on lap three. Lando Norris, a massive crash down at the end of Sector 2. Yeah, really, really high speed, quite nasty, with hitting the concrete wall first and then hit Tech Pro later. So it was a shame for Norris. Uh, he had an all right start. I think he was running 12th or 11th or something. So, he basically yeah, avoided the yeah. carnage, didn't he? Yeah, so could have got onto something. Obviously, Piastri showed decent pace the rest of the race. Uh, meanwhile, I was just holding up a still of the race highlights on my phone, and you can see that Verstappen was in. Go for it. In, oh, I think you're going Discord screen share. He was ahead into turn one. Was I can take a screenshot and send it to you. Send, put a screenshot <laughs> in our chat right now, because I've studied this, Jamie. I well, and I do my not eyes are believe not you me. are true. Let's have a look. Is Leclerc already off the road, ladies and gentlemen? There you go. Jamie and Ethan. They're both on the track, and Verstappen, in my opinion, has. Is ahead. He's not ahead. He is. You can quite clearly see that <laughs> Ferrari is ahead still. What are you smoking? That is, he's ahead. There you go. He's not ahead there, Jamie. <laughs> he just isn't quite clearly. Well, in that moment. Um, yeah. Okay. Well. Well. Did you think he deserved a five-second penalty for it? Oh yeah, I did. For sure. Well, there you go. It's irrelevant anyway. Yeah. No, but... Nice to see him finally get penalised for it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. in, in only, only, uh, only two years late. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. He's like so, I saw someone on Twitter did this. He went, Max finally got a five-second penalty for that. Meanwhile, F1 literally have a compilation on YouTube of him doing the same thing to Lewis all season, <laughs> and he never in got a penalty once for it. I'm amazed still that he never got a pen in Brazil in 2021. That was ridiculous. Well, they wanted to keep the title fight alive. Didn't... No, he did, yeah. but it just didn't affect him any positions, I believe, oh, yes, in Brazil. Oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, Jether as well. He did in the end, but that's because yeah, he like he, we, we spoke about this so many times. <laughs> no, not then. All the runs down into turn one. Oh yeah, yeah. He turned into a complete maniac by right. the end. But we anyway, should... this is not time to talk about twenty twenty one. We've we've got Las Vegas Grand Prix to talk about. Um, but yeah, Lando's crash. Obviously, happy to obviously know he was all right. Did have to go to the medical center. It was a really really big shunt. Um, but he was very lucky not to take out Piastri in the process. Um, yeah, definitely. But that brought out a safety car immediately, which kind of gave a bit of a lifeline to all those cars that have been involved in the Turn 1 melee. Um, but then, of course, once we went green flag racing again, 
Max Verstappen kind of cooked his tyres, didn't he? Yeah, he couldn't pull away as much as he wanted to. He got a, a little bit of a margin early on, but then by the end of the stint, he was coming back towards Charles Leclerc and the rest of the field. So surprising to see, and it you know it gave us that hope that maybe we'll see a different race winner for the uh, fourth time this season. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was so much so that Leclerc was actually able to pass him on on Verstappen's pit lap, and Leclerc retook the lead, lap sixteen before Max Pitt and obviously took that five second penalty which basically made Leclerc's lead even bigger um, so yeah surprising really good pace from Ferrari and Max Verstappen looked to be in a little bit of trouble I'm loving your next comment on this what's that? Ham oh. hits Piastri and they both puncture well that is not what happened I, I believe Piastri didn't back out he did a Nico Rosberg from Belgium 2014 didn't <laughs> wow. he really and who came off worse that day? Lewis Hamilton. Maybe he well, should they, make sure he's ahead before he tries to run people up the road. He was ahead. That's the whole point. Hang on a minute. You <laughs> see Verstappen's allowed <laughs> when he's barely got the nose in front. But Lewis has pretty much got the whole car ahead. And that's Max not knows. acceptable. Max knows to do it when it's a runoff area. Right, okay. Rosberg's only second that race. Did he? I thought you yeah. retired from that one. No, no. Ricardo won from Rosberg. Ah, fair enough. Because Rosberg was... Uh, sorry, Ricardo was going to put on a championship fight, wasn't he? He was, two wins in a row. Yeah, madness, madness. We keep going on too many tangents. <laughs> um, but yeah, then that meant, of course, that Hamilton kind of obviously and Piastri both sent to the rear of the field. Um, but Perez, yeah, obviously by the time Leclerc had pit, would then be up into the net lead of the race, obviously starting on those hard compound tyres. Uh, and on starting. exactly half distance, yeah... Um, Max and George would come together yes and this was uh, surprisingly Russell actually admitted uh, that it was his fault because he doesn't usually do that in these these kinds of collisions but yeah Russell uh, into turn 12 the one before the strip uh, completely just didn't even see Max Verstappen which is unfortunate these things happen so yeah turned in as if Max wasn't there because he didn't expect him to be there and Got them. Got Max lost an end plate on his front right wing, and Russell got a bit of side damage, but it didn't seem to affect either of them too badly. I don't think he got badly. anything, did he? Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it looked like didn't. pretty much all the carbons from Max's yeah. car. At that point, um, I was thinking, "There's no way Max wins this. He's behind Perez. He's behind Leclerc, and, and he's, he's got, got no damage. front wing." <laughs> and they pitted him and still didn't change the wing. Yeah. Because we had another safety car for all the damage. Yeah, I swear we've seen this a few times where cars just lose part of their wing. Like Leclerc in Mexico, like, lose a complete Or Max in place. Barcelona a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Well, that was a long time ago. That was 2018, wasn't it? Um, Is he that long? Oh, God, yeah. I'm getting old. <laughs> and, like, these parts are on the car for a good reason. And according to Codemasters 4-1 games, if you get a slight bit of damage, or certainly when I played, that was Four it. Four seconds a lap, yeah. That was, like, two or three seconds a lap you'd done. And then cars keep losing bits of wing and just carrying on <laughs> being fine yeah I, it, it was a weird one wasn't it between George and Max because like we said obviously I don't get why Max went for the move there at all to be no. honest because George would have had the DRS and just got straight back past him um, but I was also kind of of the mindset as well you know if George had seen him going down the inside what do you kind of do there because Max isn't yeah. going to give you space and there's a pretty angular wall on the yeah. exit of the corner. So I don't really think there was a lot else he could have done. Yeah, I guess like once the contact was made, Russell obviously had to turn out the corner and then made it through without hitting the wall. So 
He could have just done that without turning in in the first place. But but he yeah. was the car in front. He was, but Verstappen's obviously entitled to space being being alongside. So yeah, so it, it works a... now, is it? The car in front has to give space. Well, is it is it the... space? Is it the inside, Jamie, Who or knows? is it just where Max Verstappen? Who knows? Is? It's well confusing, <laughs> isn't it? It's, just... it's so dark. How many times <laughs> have we said this on this show? Formula One needs to scrap all these rules about wheel-to-wheel racing and basically just say, if the car behind has their front wheels and alongside your rear wheels, you have to give them a car's width. Yeah, perfect. It would Do fix that. the sport and we'd have much better wheel-to-wheel racing because at the moment we've got these fantastic new cars that stay close together and they still can't race for very long. No one can drive them apart from Alonso and Hamilton. That's it. Yeah, mad. Absolutely mad. Um, but yeah, it did mean, of course, then, obviously, with all that debris on the circuit, pretty much everyone got another chance to pit, except for Ferrari. Yes. They, well, to be fair, Leclerc had pit maybe four laps before this, four or five laps. So I can kind of see why they didn't, because they wouldn't have a new set of hards. And yeah, it was they were it was a poor timing safety car for, for Leclerc more than anything, because if I was in his shoes, I probably wouldn't have pit myself either. No, it, it was a bit like Crashgate, except for Max helped himself, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, self-Crashgate, there you go. Be- because it kind of looked like, again, obviously, you know, after the race, they were sort of saying, you know, the, the hard tyres seemed to wear better on the Red Bull. But I think, had we not had that safety car, I think Max was really going to struggle to match Leclerc by the end of that. Yeah, he was a solid eight or nine He was on all the tyres, yeah. Um, so it was, then this yeah, is, a little this bit. This is the RB, RB whatever, 19, is it? I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, and... You know, they could have just actually tried for a few laps and he'd have been right with him probably. Yeah, potentially. I think it would have been <laughs> it would have been interesting, put it that way. Um yeah, but that meant of course that by the time the restart happened, Perez basically took the lead instantly from Leclerc, didn't he? After being very, very lucky with the safety car timing, because of course he was one of about four cars Oh, excuse me, that hadn't pit. Uh, the Perez other one of course straight being away. Stroll. Perez yeah. had pit straight away on, on the first safety car, so he yes, could sorry. have theoretically gone to the end, but no way probably would have, the hearts have made it. So it was very, very fortunate timing for Perez and anyone who started on softs and pit with the first safety car. The best strategy in hindsight was to pit with the first safety car and then pit in the second one as well. To start on mediums yeah. and then go hard, hard, or softs and go hard, hard. Well, yeah, start on softs. Yeah, exactly. Very, very odd moment, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, I mean, then we, we kind of had a lot of battles, of course, going up and down the field. It was one of those weird ones, again, about how many times have we said this this year? There were a lot of battles going on, but of course, especially on a track with a two-mile straight, you just wait to overtake him there, don't you? I do think that's a little bit unfair on this race. There was there was more overtakes in different places than that. Like, well, we it was the quite... second highest overtakes of the season just behind Zandvoort, and of course Zandvoort's was because of the weather. Chaotic, yeah. Um, but you had like Hamilton made a few moves into the last corner, which are pretty impressive. You had moves into turn five or turn four, the after the short first straight. You had moves into uh, obviously the big DRS zone, and then a few, well, a few attempted moves into turn twelve. So there was a bit going on, and I think it was interesting that you had the likes of Albon, Gasly, uh, Stroll, Ocon, all quite high in the like fourth to eighth region, and then. You had Hamilton, Russell, Sainz, Alonso, all yeah, kind of street. making their way up, which was really actually made quite an interesting race because it was always something to watch. That's the good thing about it. 
Yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, it's also hard to say it was a bad race when we had a nice little three-way scrap for the lead, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, for a little period because we kind of all expected Perez to drive away when he took the uh, when he took the race lead. But Leclerc, you know, it was one Ferrari against two Red Bulls. He was not going to give up without a fight. He'd get back past uh, Perez down the strip. Uh, and then you'd think, oh, well, Perez is going to come back at him. No. Uh, Max then overtook Checo pretty much immediately afterwards. So Checo yes. went from net lead, looking like he was going to be in a fantastic position to win this thing, against a slower car and a car with damage, um, to suddenly behind them both again. Yes. Uh, and it was it was strange from Checo. I kind of... I don't know, this is completely unfounded, but I got the feeling that Perez was trying to hold Leclerc close so that Max would I find it harder to pass. don't think he had the pace. <laughs> I don't but think it, he yeah. was thinking that much, to be honest. About Either way, it was not great from Perez to not be able to drive off because obviously Verstappen got into that position and it just bolted. So, well, the problem that he had, yeah. of course, was obviously the fact he had the higher downforce wing, didn't he? Mm. Which then meant that he was more effective for others using DRS against him because, yeah, of course, he was creating an hole. even bigger hole in the air. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was kind of just a little bit, a little bit odd, wasn't it? Of course, Russell had his five-second penalty... Um, so he was just kind of slowly moving his way back up to the top of the midfield. Um, but yeah, really the battles lay on, of course. We were still just watching this at the front between Leclerc and Perez uh, until both Yuki and Hulkenberg would break down towards the end of the race. Luckily, yeah. both down the end of the strip, so we'll be able to get out of the way in no safety car. Because, I will hold up my hands and admit, I said we'd get a really badly scripted red flag or safety car at the end of the GP, and it didn't happen. Or it yeah. didn't happen as late as I said. Yeah, and it's hard to say that the debris on track was scripted. Had Hulk had his car turned off in the first sector, that would have been quite funny. <laughs> or, yeah, or at the start of the strip, so he was just parked yeah. there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, but I I mean, Hulkenberg in particular, but Snowda too, had pretty poor... I mean, they did it the best they could with the cars, but the cars are just shocking. So, yeah, it was well, a shame. Well, Magnussen did well. No, he didn't. In qualifying. <laughs> Not in the race. Let me finish. Let me, I said in qualifying. Give me a chance. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, pretty rotten from those. Every team, other than like the bottom four teams, really all. Williams had a glimmer of hope, but the other three really didn't have a chance of points at all, really. But they had hope throughout quite a lot of the race because I, I genuinely wanted to say before the race that one Williams wouldn't make it to the end of lap one, and it wasn't that I put my money on Logan Sargent. But if one of them wasn't <laughs> going to make it to the end of lap one, I would guess Logan Sargent. They were fifth and sixth still at the end of lap one. They were doing great. But exactly, but then they kind of just fell away. It was really grained. disappointing. I think they drained their tires quite badly. Um, yeah, I think there are a lot same, of teams that kind of set yeah. up the cars for quality. Same as Gasly, he was running fourth and third after the safety car restart and ended up 11th with well, it was quite, quite bad grading and battery issues. It was pure French, wasn't it? The way this weekend worked <laughs> out. P- Gasly does a magnificent job on on Friday night. You know, best of the midfield. And somehow then it's Ocon that finishes best of the midfield despite qualifying 17th. Yeah. He's the favourite child in that team. So. Well, is Gas is still beating him though, isn't he? Just. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Four There's points. There's definitely some so battles watch. going into the final race of the season, which we will talk about in our Abu Dhabi pre-show. Um, but then, of course, it meant that with one lap to go, Max, the team, come over the radio telling him get Checo back within a couple of seconds. We need him to get the slipstream. Which he did. He did. Would have probably been far more useful had he let Checo have the DRS because Leclerc. Strip, 
final lap, he took P2 off him. Fantastic move by Leclerc. Yeah. But surely uh, Checo should have defended more. Yeah, if he just covered the inside, that would be it. There's no way Leclerc can go on the outside there. Or he switches you back on the exit is the only thing. Yeah. But you kind of, we saw it in Brazil a couple of weeks ago. Perez against the elite doesn't ever really come off on the good side in real school I mean, racing. It's, was it Fisichella in yeah. Magni Core all those years ago? Oh, I'm yeah, thinking, lost. Uh, just Suzuka 05. When he was no, defending. I was thinking of Magni Core where he wasn't looking and got jumped in the final two corners. Oh, I don't remember that. Or was that truly? It wouldn't have been Magni Core because that, that last corner has like a 20 metre braking zone. No, but the final two corners. I don't know. I can't remember who it was. I it, I think it might have been who but, raced for them first. Was it Trulli before who? Which team? Which team? Renault. Renault. Sorry, Trulli yeah, was yeah. there oh four, and then Fizzy replaced him in oh five. Yeah. When did Fizzy go? Oh eight. So it's oh five to oh seven. Oh, it was must have been Jano Trulli then. Yeah. Oh, you got don't, don't yeah, be disrespecting Fizzy like that. <laughs> well, he was pretty bad, wasn't he? You're losing two seconds a lap. Wow, Fernando. I was I was actually going to slander Fisichella for Japan 05 when last lap he just yeah. overly defended Finnair into uh, the Casio Triangle against Raikkonen, and that yes. set him up to be overtaken. So, yeah, but back in the, the day when it was very Checo hard to twice. pass. Yeah, yeah, Checo's been done twice in the last two Grand Prix on the yeah. final lap. Is is not great, um, but. Yeah, man. Obviously, Verstappen took the win despite the wing damage. Leclerc took P two, despite a really badly timed safety car for him. Checo, Ocon somehow in fourth. Um, Stroll as well has scored more <laughs> points in the last two Grand Prix, or has scored like one third of his points all season in the last two Grand Prix. Um, Brazil, yeah, the, the car was pretty quick. People were hyping up this weekend. I don't really see. He just got lucky, didn't he? Really, he got very lucky. He did well. Uh, but like, yeah, it was it was on the back of a bunch of luck with two well timed safety cars for him because he started on soft and a car that should that? have been there or thereabouts. Yeah, yeah, he should have yeah. been out of it early on. But um, that brings Sainz... Aston Martin back into the fight with McLaren, which is quite. It funny. does, yeah. We, which again is another one we'll definitely talk about on Thursday's pre-show. Um, Sainz, Hamilton, Russell, Alonso, and Piastri rounded out a top ten, which when you look at it on paper just means the top six teams scored and the back markers didn't. Which is a bit of a shame with everything that happened. Yeah. Yeah, which is a bit of a shame. But the battle for seventh, nothing changes there. And it's with the gaps, it looks less likely to change now with Abu Dhabi with only one race to go than it did beforehand. But I, yeah, still think Alphatari might spring a surprise. Seven points is a lot. (laughs) Yeah, but it only needs you to finish like eighth and ninth with the fastest lap or seventh and ninth. They've not got the count back either, so they've got to score eight points. Where did Williams get their best result? Williams have a couple of sevenths. Alphatari have one. Well, they, if they get another seventh. If they get another seventh, yeah. It's very complicated, yeah, exactly. isn't it? Just, just get yeah, Daniel Rick on the podium. Just, just don't, well, you just don't tie. <laughs> Let Williams have it. Seventh place is yeah. a good result for them. Yeah, very good. Um, very good. Yeah, it was a, it was a good... It, what it showed, Jamie, didn't it, was that you can have a good race on a bad track. Yeah, yeah. And all it takes is some unknown tyre temperatures and no practice uh, yeah. and a very low grip circuit I think those those three things F1 will probably see and be like we should try and create this a bit more really 
because <laughs> I do think yeah. a low grip circuit, whether it's because of temperature or because of dust or because of anything really, like it's it because make... that's how a desert works at night. Yeah, it is because that makes a better race, and we see that. That's kind of why wet race is so good because you get punished they for can small be. errors. Yeah. So, yeah, we should just go back to Anderstorp. I'm trying to remember that track off the top of my head. Swedish Grand Prix. Right, okay. It was the one saying, that, Was it the Tyrrell six-wheeler one? I know more wheel than you do. This is what we've discovered. I'm suggesting about Anderstorp. Yes, you do. Um, well, that was the Brabham me, fan car GP as well, wasn't it? Let me a picture of the track and that will give you a reminder. I it feel looks... like it's just got a lot of hairpins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's, it's a, that's a lot of hairpins with a lot of 90 degree corners. That looks appalling. Um, <laughs> yeah, 1973 is 1978. Swedish Grand Prix. There you go, see? Let's run it, run it back. Um, Jamie, Hello. we said it earlier on. What happens to the Miami Grand Prix now? Yeah, Miami. It's pointless. Get rid of it. Well, we said that since the start, really, but yeah. Because the thing is, Cota gives American fans a real racetrack, a real taste of what Formula 1 should be. And Vegas gives everything that Liberty Media want for an American Gives gives Formula 1 fans a real taste of what America is. (laughs) Exactly. So now Miami just kind of awkwardly sits as a middle child. Just get rid of it. That's my solution. And le- you can't even name it. You can't even call it like the Caribbean Grand Prix, can you, or something like that? To at least so Miami, kind of justify it in some way. Stuck. We've got it until 2031. So. Oh! Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not even given a particularly good race yet. Either that or just Both put it... Both races put it at, have been awful. Put it at night or something. Just <laughs> put it at night on a Tuesday in January. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just what we yeah. need. Is it even that cold in Florida in January? I doubt it. I it, it'll be it'll be cold enough that it means I won't care to watch it if it is. Um, yeah, it's such a bad track. Is it? Bring Just the sprinklers it. out. Make it better. Make it out of cardboard um, like the water. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, Vegas. Uh, yeah, it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot better. I think it'll it deliver place some on the disasters. Well, yeah, it was always going to be though, because of course it was Formula One funded, so it's going to be around forever. And Will Buxton um, but, loved it because he's paid off to. Because he, good I love this. People have been going on about. Oh, I reckon he's got like some stake in this. Yes, of course, it's his job. <laughs> That's the stake he's got. He literally represents Formula One, the team that the, the company that pay him literally paid for this Grand Prix. I, I don't get stupid. It was like the amount of people that were like, "Oh, I'm so happy that Lando got away." You know, you could see him shaking in the car. Yes, well done. That's adrenaline. Yeah, that's what happens when a Formula One driver crashes into a wall, and they're going, "Oh, the team should have listened." He said he was worried about crashing for the last couple of Grand Prix. He's a Formula One driver. That's his job. <laughs> Do you? I job. feel like Roy Keane in the full Roy Keane. That's his job. Yeah, that's his job. <laughs> um, what what do we give the race, Jamie, as a rating out of ten? I enjoyed it. It was up there this season. Obviously, it's quite a low bar to be up there this season, but I would give yeah. it a solid seven. Yeah, I think a seven is fair at the it end was of the good. day. No. Yeah, it was it was, it was okay. It was okay. Um, would you like your quiz or would you like to do driver of the day? Uh, let's do the quiz. This is going to be a mess. You spent about a minute preparing this. so I had this quiz thought out beforehand. I'd just right. like to lull you into a false sense of security. Jamie183, you are going to love this quiz. Am I? You are going to have one minute on the clock. Two, very simply. There have now been... Where's my clock gone? 
I don't know. Do I not have a clock on? Oh, there it is. I can't spell. Esteban um, clock. Esteban clock on. That might be the worst thing you've ever said on this show. <laughs> there have now been three Formula One Grand Prix in the Las Vegas city. No <laughs> driver has finished on the podium more than once in Vegas. Oh, there have been nine this. podium finishes. <laughs> I'm You've not going to get a six of them. them. <laughs> you might. Just... Your time starts now. <laughs> I'm just going to get the three. Right, Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez. Yep. Yep, that's three. Michele Alvaretto. Yes. Bosh, have that. <laughs> it was 82 and 81, yep. am I right? Yep. Keke Rosberg. No. Nelson Piquet. No. Alan Prost. Yep. Derek Warwick. No. <laughs> Got 34 seconds. Uh, Martin Brundle. No, he, was, no. he wasn't racing, was he? Um, Nicky Lauda. No. Uh, Didier Peroni. No. 20 seconds. <laughs> throwing out drivers in the 80s. Uh, yep. Clay Regazzoni. No. Uh, 70s, <laughs> I think. <laughs> this is awful. Who else was around then? Uh, oh, Ricardo Patrese. No. <laughs> I, well, I have Four heard seconds. Of Three, <laughs> what two, is this? one, and your time. Olivier Panis. No, Olivier Panis! <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm going to give you some hints. Right, okay. if, I, if I say good day, mate. John Watson? That's not the one I was going with with that hint, but okay. I don't know how good day, mate, is giving you John Watson. He's Australian, isn't he? John Watson? John Watson's British. Is he? Yeah, I believe so. Oh, I'm, I've got American psychologist. Uh, F1. <laughs> He is British. I thought. Yep. Why do I think he was? Alan Jones. Yes, there you go. That's the one you would have got. Um, uh, there was there was an American that got a podium in Vegas. Really? Oh, Andretti. Yeah. Nope. Um, Dan Gurney. No, he was well back, wasn't he? He was well back. American F1 drivers. I, I don't know. You probably won't get them. Eddie Cheever. You would have heard of him. I have heard of him. him. Yeah, wouldn't. And the last one, who I have heard of, but to be fair, I didn't. I would never have guessed Bruno Giacomelli. Never as well. Never heard of him in my life. Well, five out of nine there, Jamie, is pretty poor by this season's standards. Not as poor though. Wait, did I get? No, I got five. You got five. Yeah, not as poor though as your predictions this week. (laughs) It might genuinely be the first time ever ever in this podcast. I think I'm leading after this weekend. What are the scores on the doors as we went into Vegas, Jamie? I was two points clear, 73 to 71. And, and Jamie Las Vegas predicted... conspired against me to screw over the drivers that I predicted. It really did. It was fantastic. I loved it. So, Jamie, who did you predict for pole? Max Verstappen. A Didn't pretty happen. safe bet. Didn't happen. Well, he was wrong. Half a <laughs> second away. Nearly. Race win, even better. <laughs> Lando Norris. Who did you predict to win? Land, where did he finish again? Oh, sorry, he was uh, out by lap three. In, in the barrier, in the hospital. So In barrier, yeah. yeah. Shocking. Um, so no points so far. Who else was on your podium? Max Verstappen. That's one. We take he that. did get a point there. Yeah. And uh, Carlos Sainz was third, who would have been third had the drain Probably. been fixed properly. Probably. I, I will give you that, but I won't give you the points. So, Jamie, no. you are now on 74 points. One point out of eight. Probably, I think, my you... worst showing. You have a three-point lead before my scores are added on. <laughs> Pole position, Charles Leclerc. I got oh, him on there. Lucky. I believed. 
And I was having that even if Sainz had beaten him with the penalties. Lucky as. Two points on the board. Of course, because Charles Leclerc got pole, I had to predict a Verstappen win. Four points on the board. Uh, I, I did also predict Lando on the podium, so I will I will admit with you there, I got that one wrong. But I said Perez P3. Two more points. I've done a genie. You were three corners away from being wrong with that, by the way. I was, <laughs> well, not wrong. I've already got a point for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that means six points to me with one race to go. Genuinely, when we say this, we think this might be, because we've been doing this since the very first, ep- well, the first season of the podcast, haven't we? Yeah. I don't think I've ever led. I don't think you have But either. with one race to go of this you've, season, you've I've got a, a uh, three-point lead. You've done a Sebastian Vettel. I am doing a Vettel from 2010, and I'm all for it. Um, and it does mean that absolutely, when we go into Abu Dhabi, you I will be able to first. predict first, and I will be picking <laughs> the same three as you. Oh, you I snake. Want this. All right, I'm going to let, so let you go first. Okay, that's fine. I'll take that. <laughs> well, because if you predict <laughs> the same it, as me, I'm screwed anyway, so I need to get different. Well, it basically means, yeah, you have to predict stupid answers. For Abu Dhabi, if I, which, to be yeah. fair, you've said Lando for the last three episodes. So. I think I have. It's on about four wins in my mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, who was your driver of the day then, Jamie, to finish us off? <laughs> I want to give it to Lance Stroll. <laughs> Even though he was lucky, he did very, very well. I'm going to yeah. say Esteban Ocon, even though he's French. Is Leclerc or Stroll for me? I think Stroll's yeah. hated on too much, ourselves included. Sometimes rightly yeah. so. Well, to be fair, so is Ocon, ourselves yeah, included. Yeah, but Ocon deserves it. He ignored team orders. So. Fair enough. Oh, yeah, because... Right, okay. Um, <laughs> have we got anything else to add, Jamie? Have we? I will just check the old X real fast. Has someone... Don't say X, we hate it. Uh, no, um, has anyone announced their retirement from the sport? No. No. Wonderful. Sounds Wonderful. Not. Well, we will be back then with the final episode of the season ready from the. Sorry? We're doing a preview show, aren't we, for Abu Dhabi? Yeah. But this final race. Sorry, yeah, final no, final race. Ep- it wouldn't be the final episode either. We still do them in the winter, yeah. don't we? Um, with the final preview show of the season later on this week from Abu Dhabi. Um, but thank you always to everyone so much for listening. If you have enjoyed, please do make sure to leave a like, get yourself subscribed. Uh, and Jamie, I'm going to beat you for the first time ever in our predictions league. I am so excited for that. 